Welcome to the High Income Business Writing Podcast, helping you propel your writing business to a whole new level. And now, here's your host, Ed Gandia. Hey there, thank you for joining me for episode 115 of the High Income Business Writing Podcast. My name is Ed Gandia, and this is the podcast for business writers and copywriters who want to take their writing businesses to the six-figure level or the part-time equivalent. As a quick reminder, you can find the detailed show notes for this episode by going to b2blauncher.com forward slash episode 115. Before I tell you about today's guest, who is amazing, I want to tell you about the last opportunity to join my Get Better Clients Academy. I just opened a new enrollment window, and this is the last opportunity to join me until at least spring of 2017. Get Better Clients Academy is designed to meet you where you are in your freelance journey and take you where you want to go faster and with less pain and less hassle. You'll start the journey by taking a self-assessment and based on your score, you'll know what stage of the Get Better Clients roadmap you're in. You'll then get a specific action plan to follow based on your specific situation. You can learn more about the Get Better Clients Academy by going to smarterfreelancing.com forward slash academy. Someone recently commented on our Facebook page that the words high income and writing don't belong together. And according to this gentleman, it's impossible to earn a great living as a writer, unless, of course, you get lucky and publish a best-selling novel. That was his view, his paradigm. Now, I don't bother arguing with people like him. They just don't get it. So there's no point. But I also recognize that there are doubters everywhere. And there are doubters who want to believe, but they have a good reason to be skeptical. You know, if you've yet to earn a dollar from your freelance efforts, you have reason to doubt. If you've yet to consistently break the $1,000 per month income ceiling, you have reason to wonder if this freelance thing is for real. If you've been freelancing for years and never come close to reaching six figures in annual full-time income, assuming that is your goal, you'd like to be there, I can understand why you may have given up on this high-income idea, this high-income goal. The trouble is, I know too many people who make a very good living doing this work. So while I understand and respect your doubt and your skepticism, I have to tell you this high-income thing is entirely possible. Now, most people who try, whether they try to start or they try to get to the next level, don't make it. That's just the nature of any endeavor that requires a ton of work, perseverance, and focus. But that doesn't mean that it doesn't exist. My guest this week is a perfect example of this. Her name is Chelsea Baldwin, and she started freelancing on the side six years ago while she had a full-time day job. But it wasn't until two years ago that she quit that day job and went completely solo. And this past July, Chelsea had her first five-figure month. She brought in just over $10,000 in income, and she's booked at that level or close to it through to the end of the year. In this interview, she's going to explain where she came from, how she's gotten to this place so quickly, and offer some tips and advice for those who are trying to make a breakthrough in their business. I hope you enjoy this interview as much as I did. 
Hey, Chelsea, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you for having me today. Oh, it's great to have you here. I always love to hear stories of how uh, other freelancers are achieving success, what's working, not working. Uh, certainly helps all of us get better uh, at what we're doing. But before we get to all that, I always like to ask my guests to give us a little bit of background. So tell us about yourself and your business, You know, the, the, your, your background, how you got into this, what kind of work you do today, what kind of clients you work with. Uh, and so on. Okay. Yeah, I started freelancing, freelance writing probably about six, six and a half years ago. Um, I just graduated. I had a degree in journalism and couldn't get any jobs at newspapers or anything like that. Um, so I found some writing opportunities online. So I was just taking those as I could get them, um, which worked for a while, but it was, I didn't know what I was doing, and a lot of it was really low pay. Um, so I kind of was not really enchanted with freelancing at that point. Um, so I took some internships and ended up in sort of a career in marketing, kind of kept a little bit of freelance writing on the side. Um, but I eventually sort of climbed the ladder in my company and just really realized that you know, even though I had this really quote unquote cool job that is a dream for a lot of people, I didn't like it. It wasn't for me. I didn't like being at having to be at the same desk every day or working for something that I didn't totally believe in. Um, so I quit that job about two and a half years ago and then really got into freelancing for myself. Um, at a more serious level now I had all this sort of experience in online writing and freelance freelancing for clients that worked that actually worked well for them that provided more value and I had the the marketing knowledge to kind of bring to sort of supplement you know the fact that I could write well um, to be able to kind of position myself in the market as you know somebody who knew what she was doing who was worth more than like $15 a post uh, like I was writing for when I started. Um, and so that was going well. And then about a year ago, I started an LLC just to kind of make myself more official, to take myself more seriously. And I've been growing that in the past year and things have really started to take off since then. So would you say it's really been the past year where you've seen a big inflection point in your business? Yeah, yeah. As far as like really kind of taking off success wise, I would say it's definitely been in the past year. That's fantastic. Um, yeah, but all that stuff kind of led me to that point, I guess. So, so going back, um, I guess like the very early stages, um, it sounds like your first few months or maybe your first year or two was writing a lot of for maybe some of the content mills and, and mm -hmm. what have you right because you were straight out of school oh, yeah <laughs> it sounds like you could write well but you had no relevant experience right exactly right yeah so i mean what was that like i'm just curious always i'm always curious to hear from um people who are kind of working in that day in and day out and have bills mm -hmm. to pay you know how were we able to make that work um well, honestly, at first it was really exciting. It, I was able to make enough money 
to where I could, you know, more or less have the same level of salary that I would have for an entry level job. Um, so I was fine with it. I didn't like though that I was always working and a lot of times I would have these edits from clients that I would have to do. Um, and that would eat up a lot of my time. And I just found after a while, like after sort of the newness and the excitement of it wore off, it just got really like, it was a total grind and not exciting anymore. Um, and I just kind of wanted something more, but yeah, at first it was exciting, but then, you know, I started getting a little more into what it meant to be a freelancer, to be professional at it. And I realized, you know, you, you always kind of compare yourself to other people. Right. And I realized that I was, you know, definitely at the bottom of the barrel and I didn't really like that. And so I wanted, I wanted to change it. I started to get unsatisfied. So that's why I started taking um, internships to sort of kind of up level myself to be more valuable. So I could kind of get to that point of being, you know, more valuable, better, worth more. Um, not feeling like I was in a grind all the time. Yeah. Yeah. So to, to in turn me about your internship, I realized that that ended up not working out long term, but it sounds mm-hmm. like it did give you some of the foundation you needed to then go to the next step. So what would you say some, were some of the, the big benefits you walked away with from that experience? Yeah. So I didn't plan it at all, but the internship opportunity ended ended up being this like mini corporate career where I got to this pretty high marketing position um, within the company. And so that, you know, in the end I realized that I didn't like it, but it was such like a, such a game changer for me to take the opportunity and to do that because I learned so much. And now, now that's one of my main selling points for me as a service provider is that I have this knowledge of marketing for multiple companies because it was one company and it had the sort of startup incubator inside it. So um, I was working with multiple brands, multiple business models kind of. Um, So that um, it was just the big takeaway was all the knowledge that I gained from that, that I wouldn't probably wouldn't have learned otherwise if I had just, you know, kind of kept, drilling through the freelancing thing the whole time. Yeah. No, that's fantastic. So it's, it's, isn't it interesting, right? So it's easy to connect the dots looking backwards, but yeah, <laughs> trying to engineer this uh, yeah. ahead of time is very, very difficult. You just kind of have to jump. I admire the fact that you just kept, you know, just at it and didn't give up. And even though at the time, maybe some of these things didn't feel so great uh, looking mm-hmm. back, uh, it sounds like they led you to where you are today. Yeah, they definitely did. Yeah, looking back, it's really easy to see the path that I took. Um, but yeah, in it, it was like, well, I kind of want to travel somewhere else. So I'll take this internship there and then just kind of see how it goes. And it worked out really well. So I think there was definitely a bit of luck in there for me. But um, yeah, I think it's important to take opportunities when you need them. To so learn. Let's, let's talk a little bit about then when when you started uh, turning things around and specifically we're going to get to, I want to lead up to, to the, you know, one of your recent months where you, you've had a record breaking Mm -hmm. uh, month. So maybe, uh, walk us through some of the big things that started happening in the past year that led you to where you are today. Yeah. So I, 
a big part of what sort of helped me kind of after I established my LLC, which was a year ago, September, um, I, you know, I was doing well first and then I kind of hit this slump around the beginning of the year and it was, I had clients, but not, it was, you know, things were not going the way I had like dreamed about them going. Um, so a big thing that I did then was I joined a sort of business coaching program and that really helped me see ways to sort of just get booked with client work. Um, so that was, that really changed, uh, changed the way I sort of looked at business and my comfort level with it because I was getting, I was getting booked, I was getting referrals, getting clients, and then I didn't have to feel so worried and so strapped all the time, which I think is a big part of the sore whole feasts or famine cycle of freelancing, um, trying, finding smart ways to avoid the famine side uh, mm-hmm. as much as you can. So that was the first major thing that helped, and then I started realizing, um, you know, when I published my fees on my website, and I sort of put out this sort of air of value and premium level service, I didn't have to waste as much time dealing with prospective clients that weren't a good fit, that had like really low budgets that could have never have afforded the kind of work that I wanted to do anyway. Um, and I get more of my ideal clients and can do better work like that. Um, so that helped kind of, those two things kind of set, helped set the foundation. But as far as booking wise, I found that, um, you know, retainers were a really big deal. If a client would get in touch with me, and I still do this almost every time, as long as it makes sense. If it doesn't make any sense whatsoever, I, I won't do it. But I always try to book a retainer, or I pitch a retainer anyway. Um, of course, not everybody takes you up on it, but it is a great way to not start every single month at zero and have to build up from there. So you can you kind of have this comfort level that you can fall back on knowing that you're going to be okay, but also when you're booking your work, you know, you don't start at zero, so it's much easier to kind of take your base and then build upon it to grow your income rather than starting at nothing and having to build from scratch every single month or every quarter or however you do that. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. so, so let's let me let me go back to something first because I want to kind of mm-hmm. set the stage for some of these ideas. Um, tell us first of all what happened recently in terms of uh, in terms of your income, and then I'd like to go back okay. to this idea, some of the things that um, that have enabled you to increase your income significantly. Yeah, so in it was in July, I think I had my first five figure month. I brought in over just over ten thousand um, dollars. So that was a really big deal for me. Um, you know, I had kind of been around the ideas like, oh, six figure freelancing is easy and possible, but I didn't necessarily buy into it for myself. I, you know, it's it's hard when you're getting started, so you kind of stay in that hard, stuck mindset. Um, but, you know, looking back, it was, I just kind of saw these things and they just sort of built up and then, um, you know, I was taking people's advice, like from my business coach or other people that I trusted and just implementing it. And it sort of built up to something that I, you know, wanted, of course, but was sort of like surprised by, um, 
but very pleasantly surprised. And then now that I, I saw how it worked, it's something that's easy. Like I can, you know, I'm, I'm booked out pretty much at that level through the end of the year, either five figures or really high four figures. Um, so, that's you know, fantastic. The, yeah. Yeah. It's great. Congratulations. It's like, I mean, thank it, you. It, and you know, what I will <laughs> yeah. say is uh, what I'm hearing you, um, what I'm, what I'm hearing from you is that you, you believed in the idea, but you didn't believe it was maybe possible for you because it seems so out of reach. And yeah. now that you've had a few months at this level, now this is your new normal. I mean, and I don't want to put words yeah. in your mouth, but that's what I'm, what I'm hearing that now this feels like, well, this is, of course, I mean, of course I'm going to, bring in that amount why wouldn't i yeah yeah exactly that yeah you're right that's exactly how it felt and what happened that's fantastic so all right so you you mentioned and i want to talk specifically but looking back because i know you've done quite a bit of thinking about okay how did i get here how did i go mm -hmm. from six and a half years ago you know graduating from college no job, uh, <laughs> writing, you know, articles for pennies and not pennies, but you know, for nothing and yeah. uh, for very little. And, and now here I am making what could be called an executive level income, which is fantastic. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned one publishing your fees. Um, so, mm -hmm. so tell us like, what was the thinking behind that? And was it a, a scary thing to do? Yeah, it was a scary thing to do. The thinking behind it, though, was um, I was gearing up to launch my business. I was in touch with a lawyer getting sort of the paperwork in line, and I realized, like, I already had clients that were paying rates that I thought were good and fair and, um, you know, sort of higher for the work that I was doing. But I, I, I knew I was starting this business officially and I wanted to start it. I wanted to launch it as something that, you know, was premium level that felt really good to me, that felt really good to the clients, that provided a great service. And I needed higher fees to be able to do that um, and just not to not feel so burnt out. So I just kind of went out on a limb and just published prices on my site. Um, and... Yeah, it was scary to do at first because I thought, oh, man, nobody's going to book me at this rate. Like, nobody's going to pay, like, $1,000 for this thing. Um, but they do, um, and I'm glad that I did that now because now I have this sort of baseline image that comes across to people who come to my website. Um, and if it's not a fit for them, that's fine. It doesn't have to be, but for the people that maybe if it, it kind of sets that level of expectation from the start that it's going to be a different sort of experience than hiring like the typical Upwork freelancer, for example. Mm -hmm. um, and which, you know, I feel like I deliver a good experience working with my clients. So it matches, but it, it definitely kind of, it was sort of like a forced up leveling. I kind of forced myself to up level in that moment. Um, and it definitely paid off for me. Um, because now the clients that I do get know my prices and they know coming in that it's going to be an investment in their business and they treat it like that, which is, um, you know, which is a really nice place to be in, which is kind of what I think we all want to do as freelancers. Yeah. Um, is to help our clients become better with their business. So, yeah. 
I'm curious uh, how you are publishing or how you're communicating your fees. Do you have uh, pretty much everything that you can help clients with, or is it a sampling? And then also, do you publish ranges, or are they all, um, you know, kind of a fixed fee based on a specific scope of work? How do how do you communicate that? Yeah, I have some fixed fees listed out for like like writing a sales page or writing just a page of content. Um, I have a few packages, and I have some some projects I've listed a starting price. Like if somebody wants to write an ebook, for example, you know that can be a short ten page ebook, or it can be like a huge, massive guide. Um, so I, I list a starting price for things like that. Okay, that makes sense. Um, fantastic. So publishing your fees. Um, the, Let's talk about something else that that kind of stands out when you look back to in terms of what change help you change your business. Mm-hmm. What would be some something else that do um, you think made a big difference to help get you to the five figure a month level? Um, yeah, so I, I briefly mentioned packaging mm-hmm. um, my services, and I think. Um, you know, I came up with this idea not at the outset. It was something I came up with, you know, maybe in the spring. Um, I kind of saw what I felt most of my clients needed, but they didn't really want to ask for um, because they already thought they knew what they needed or they didn't, they were trying to be budget conscious or whatever. Um, but so I packaged some of my services and I have two different packages and I discounted them a a bit. Um, I put parameters around these services to make sure that, you know, it's still profitable for me. I'm not just like slashing the price, but, um, and I put those kind of at the top of my, of my hire me page where my prices are listed. And I find that like about half of the people that get in touch with me inquire about those. Um, so it's a really easy way to sell more um, and it's a really easy thing for people to buy into because they know what they're getting or to inquire about. And then we can kind of talk from there and put a proposal together. Um, but yeah, as soon as I put those up, I was kind of surprised at the response I was getting to them and the questions I was getting about them. Um, you were highlighting those specific services or packages. So can you give us an example of, of one that you get uh, asked uh, about a lot or that people want to to buy from you? Yeah, so I have one. It's a it's a package where I will basically go through my messaging process um, that I take my clients through like a questionnaire and sort of tease out some phrases that I do for anything I write, whether it's with this package or not. So I go through that, and then I just rewrite their pages that they have. Um, in the design that they have it, more or less. So it's, you know, they don't have to worry about redesigning a page if that's a concern for them. Um, and a lot of sort of solopreneur type people who have these bigger businesses are still kind of managing a lot. So I found that's part of my target audience and that is something that's a concern for them. So it's easier for me because I don't have to totally start from scratch completely but it's also easier for them because then they can just kind of put the content in there. Um, and that is one that I get asked for a lot. 
Uh, it sounds like they um, maybe they didn't realize going in that they needed some of these elements, but when you present it, I'm guessing mm-hmm. um, that when you present it that way, they start thinking, "Wow, this sounds like it'd be for me." Yeah, it's like if they if they had an idea that they maybe wanted a sales page, but then they see this package that they already have a sales page, and they see this package where they can redo the messaging of their sales, their home, and their about page. And it's like, oh, okay, and it's only, you know, it's more money, but it's not so much more money. It's still affordable, and I'm still getting, you know, more conversions and more sales. So a lot of them do kind of just go for that. So you mentioned that a lot of them are kind of uh, solo business owners. What, what types of businesses do you tend to work with a lot? Can you give us some examples? Yeah, so I work with a lot of, like, webpreneurs, like people who have, who sell sort of, info products or subscription things, um, coaches and consultants, those seem to be the big ones that I work with. You know, other people will come to me and I will work with them too, but um, those are the main ones. Makes sense. Okay. Um, Okay, so publishing, I have so far publishing your fees and being clear about um, prices and presenting it in different ways depending on what it is. The other one is productizing and packaging some of your key services. Mm-hmm. Is there anything else you can think of that you feel has made a, a difference in getting you to this level? Yeah. I mentioned the, having the retainer. Yes. Agreements. Tell me about yeah. that. Yeah. Those, those are, have been a really big deal for me because like if I have a client that is at retainer for $2,500 a month or $3,000 a month, or if I have two of those together, that's like 5,500 a month right there and I don't have to start from zero every single month and maybe they are scheduled indefinitely maybe they're only scheduled for like four months or six months but you kind of know that they are there and there's something that you can sort of bank on you don't have to market from scratch for every single 30-day period to start from zero and build up to you know 5k 10k whatever it is that your goal is it's much easier to reach a higher income level when you have those things. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And I'm curious, do you find that retainer clients are usually clients who have hired you on a project basis for maybe a couple of different projects and then they go on a retainer or do most of them kind of start on retainer? Um, I've had a few just start out on retainer because they knew that they wanted to hire me. Um, they have they've been like subscribers to my blog for a while and they were just ready to get into it um but a lot of them were ones that kind of hired me to do one thing or two things and then it was like okay well how can we kind of keep they saw the value well, how can we keep this going and we sort of just made an agreement from there gotcha okay and um, let me ask something else since you mentioned that that a lot of people kind of came via your blog and you developed trust that way. I'm curious how most of your clients come to you uh, or how you find mm-hmm. them if you're doing up on prospecting. So if, we, if you think back at, you know, over the past few months, what tends to work really well for you in terms of client attraction or prospecting? Yeah. Um, so just having my name published like across the web in my niche has helped. Um, building up my own sort of mailing list has helped a lot too because those people who come, you know, from 
other places where my name is published back to my site will sign up and they maybe will want to hire me or they just kind of really liked this post that I wrote for this marketing blog. They came, they knew they needed something related to the services that I offer. They came to my site and then they got in touch with me or also um, referrals either from people that I have professional relationships with or clients that have just been happy with my work and fed somebody my way. Um, referrals have also sort of taken off as I've been, as I, since I joined the business coaching program at the beginning of the year and sort of, you know, started taking steps for more, for better networking, you know, more getting booked with a higher trust level within my network. Um, those have been great. You know, since you mentioned getting, um, help in terms of coaching and mentoring and then working with other people. I'm curious how you keep that mindset. Obviously your mindset has shifted over the mm -hmm. past year. Yeah. How do you make sure you maintain that stronger mindset that serves you and you don't fall back into this fear-based mentality uh, that, that plagues so many of us? Well, for me, I just constantly have to check myself, um, like constantly, probably every day, if not at least weekly, um, especially when I'm at a new level of, you know, up-leveling sort of to make sure that I don't fall back into older mindsets or older habits or, you know, going for a safer thing that is less, worth a lot less, um, so I found that if I am feeling a little bit iffy towards something, I really just have to sit down and either write out or just say what my blocks are towards it or what my what those negative beliefs are that I'm holding inside and why I'm holding on to them. And that kind of helps sort of, you know, clear the air and clear the way for me to acknowledge those, deal with them if I need to, and then, you know, keep moving forward. What would you tell someone who is might be listening, who's where you were a couple of years ago, mm -hmm. and they just, you know, they they hear that you can make a really good living, but let's face it, until you see it for yourself, it's just very yeah. very hard to believe it. It almost starts, and I see it. I mean, I get emails, I see it in social media, and people who just haven't seen it yet. Not only are they mm -hmm. skeptical, but they could be downright nasty. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and, you know, it, it's it's hard for me to encourage somebody like that because mm -hmm. I have if that's where they are, it's it's hard for them to to really believe it. So what would you tell somebody like that who's maybe not completely skeptical and negative, but they want to believe it? They just haven't seen it yet. Yeah, I think I think for the people that are really negative to it, it's their own kind of beliefs getting in the way and I know that's absolutely the wrong thing to say to that kind of person but um but if there's somebody like I was there two years ago I was figuring out like what clients I could get how much money I could get per month dividing it out per day and being like okay well if I can get another client at this much per month like then I'll be okay financially just like okay being okay was my level of satisfaction um which is fine but it's not really sustainable for a long-term, happy, financially secure life. Um, so 
you know, you don't have to start out and just make like this huge amount of money per month. You can you can kind of just grow it in increments. Um, and as you grow it in increments, you figure out different things along the way. Um, and you're also making more money along the way, which is great um, because more money just, I don't know, for me, more money feels like safety. Um, so, you know, as I can make more, I feel better about myself. I feel more calm. I don't feel like I have to hustle so hard or work long nights. Um, but just focus on, like, like if you have a really big goal, like a six-figure year, then you, you can divide that and say it's a little like little over 8000 per month. And if you're making, like, 3000 per month, you can think of things you need to get to 4000 per month and then 5000 um, and you can just kind of take steps like that, knowing that you will get there. Because one thing that I've learned is I have a kind of a personality where I like to really jump into things right away and like, you know, sort of all in or nothing. Um, but I've learned that I kind of have to check that and realize that it's about taking steps and it's about, you know, the longer journey to get there. Um, and that's actually more sustainable than if you somehow manage to get like a huge five figure a month retainer or something um you know and you're you're less likely to sabotage it if you take those steps and you kind of you kind of grow with it um that's what i would say i think that's solid advice and i appreciate that it's coming from someone who went through that and experienced that and walked down that path so um i think it's Mm. sound sound advice um, so as we wrap up here, Chelsea, I don't want to sign off without asking you where listeners can learn more about you, your work, how they can connect with you. Yeah, so I have a blog on my website, uh, getcopypower.com slash blog. Um, and that's I, I kind of teach copywriting and marketing and sales principles there. It all usually ties back to copywriting because that's what I do. Um, but I have a big focus on psychology, which I think is interesting, um, like how the mind works in relation to words and emotions and stuff. Um, I have a YouTube channel, which is called Copy Power TV, um, where I kind of look at different niches and rewrite, rewrite websites um, for more conversions because that's like what I focus on in the services that I offer my clients. Mm-hmm. Um, Twitter is at Chelsea Janae, um, C-H-E-L-S-E-A-J-A-N-E-A. And my email is Chelsea at getcopypower.com. This has been great, Chelsea. I, I really appreciate you coming in here and just sharing your, uh, your insights, lessons learned and advice with us. Yeah. Thank you for having me. The High Income Business Writing Podcast is a production of B2B Business Launcher. Learn more at b2blauncher.com.